0: let's get a quick sound check with everybody's name so um this is dave this is joanna everybody's name this is blake and will yanni please yanni over here welcome to ipodcast magic missile where we play games and talk geek broadcasting every week from the new river valley in the beautiful mountains of southwest virginia we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games new and old no actual wizard spells here just actual play from great games this is iPodcast Magic Missile. We were talking about, and before we decided we should record this, we were talking about, uh, well, we started talking about the old school renaissance and how um, role-playing in DD specifically was a lot more lethal back in first edition. And, Blake, you had a take on, so this is sort of the evolution of this idea of d d being a lethal thing, and for characters, characters being somewhat expendable, the expectation of, of, of character death, and you were talking about how in 4th edition, Blake, well, why don't you describe how... Well, 4th edition was designed by a committee, doing marketed during Saturday morning cartoons to children, this is a somewhat scathing way of describing it, but the point is, that whereas... Third edition was born out of second edition. Fourth edition was born out of oh crap, oh crap! Everybody's playing World of Warcraft instead of D anD. d How can we fix this? Mm-hmm. And so it became, uh, Hykov likes to call it the memorp- the vacation I'm never going to get that word. Which was a out, common right. criticism of it when it came out. I mean, that it was very much like an MMO with powers with recharge times and things like that. The point, the point we were discussing specifically though was that uh, losing isn't fun. And there's two opposing forces there. One is that nobody really wants to lose, so why build a system in which players are likely to lose? Like third edition, with its amp, you know ample save or die spells and amounts of damn you know a wizard a wizard at level almost can't throw an aggressive spell like a fireball or a bolt of lightning or something that he could survive. On the other hand, if failure isn't possible. Success isn't meaningful, and those mm. are kind of the two forces at work. I said this earlier, and Yanni was like,
1: yes, yes, that's exactly what I mean. It's true. I mean, one of, one of the best campaigns I ever ran was a first edition D&D uh, Orcs of Thar campaign. Uh, everyone played humanoids. The only person who was basically immune to death was the troll, and that was mostly just because the players kept trying to kill him themselves, and it was more entertaining if they didn't complete the job, and he came back the next day. But, you know, but they, they were playing kobolds and goblins and gnolls, and... This is an in-party troll. Yes. Like, and he, we, we had a troll, a gnoll, a kobold, a goblin, and maybe a half I don't know. It was it was a rather diverse cast, and some several people changed as they died. Um, <laughs> you know, they would when, when when there wasn't enough people to be a, a sufficient scouting party for Thar anymore. They would go back to camp and uh, recruit some and, more people. Yes. Um, so so you were saying though that like
0: so the threat of the threat of the character death and and TPK is a, is a big part of the older traditions, like the survival impulse, part of the appeal of. OSR, and I think you would agree with this, is it's the suspense. Oh yeah. It's the going to the dungeon and not knowing it's around the next door, and if you're not careful, Dread would be a terrible game if nobody died. Yep, that's certainly the appeal of OSR. But there's a certain mass marketing element. Like I said, Fourth Edition. Absolutely. I keep saying this. Fourth Edition was the best. Is the best designed role playing game ever made. They put the most effort into their design.
1: It was the most designed game ever played. I don't like that definition better. <laughs> I, I, I do love the you can't fail in 4th edition. Because, you know, it is sometimes t- fun to play and not ha- worry about losing. And be a big damn
0: win. hero. Yeah. But you were saying, like, like some people really dislike games where there's no stakes. Where my character is nigh invulnerable, and even if I die, it is just a trip back to the nearest temple and 5,000 gold to mm-hmm. to bring me back. And, you know... We we've said there's 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 people that played in your one in the one piece fourth edition campaign, which was a fourth edition campaign and enjoyed it, who have that opinion that if there's no stakes. And you were saying how the party twice at level twenty one went up against a level thirty monster. Well, the uh Nyana God both times mm-hmm. and won. Yes, one of them was uh King Minos. Yes. The uh the minister the righteous... King. Yes, he uh, informed the party that uh, they basically had a disagreement with King Minos. This is the same King Minos who assigns a layer of hell to people, um, and uh, assigns people to a layer of hell. Blake created an interesting mythology for the afterlife since there wasn't one in the fiction. We'll get into that. You know, why we tell that story? Sure, um, but the point is, it was like, well. Maybe I should actually save this for the for yeah it's not important but makes righteousness makes righteousness yes yes anyway so thing. the uh, and he was level thirty so he was righteous mm-hmm. and therefore righteous uh, and but that was up against a party of eight yeah because we did have eight characters running around in the party at the time in fact was it eight or was it ten did we still have Alfred there? yeah I think it was eight no anyway, yeah. Alfred's characters were dead by then uh they four. were plot dead <laughs> but I pushed well, that I. Hey, what's up? Hello. 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 You're, You're not interrupting. You, have yeah. a seat. Enjoy yourself. I can always cut off any extremism. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. We we're talking The The point is, in the third edition game that I ran, I pushed the, uh, the power balance curve pretty brutally uh, in order to get to the point where the players did feel meaningfully threatened. The fourth edition? Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Third. That's oh. okay. Yeah. Um... But, so here's the other thing, right? Um, we know, well, Heiko takes out saber or dies when he plays third, or he runs third, and as long as the players are not willing to use them themselves, well, because he thinks it makes the game more fun. He's moved to saying, he's moved to calling them save or don't have fun. Save or don't have fun. Which is true in some cases. I mean, a thing that's like, you don't participate in this this combat, but I think... One of the things is that like we've been trained by video games, I was telling you about this, like I the only second and first edition DNA I've ever played was like the old gold box games and like you know, Pool of Radiance, the, the all the dra- old Dragonlance games and stuff where I had the beholder where it was expected to fight everything because fighting the combat the tactical combat was actually part of the fun of the game. So we've all been trained to like clean out the dungeon, kill every last monster, go everything unless the game was like no, you absolutely cannot possibly defeat this guy, would you like to still fight him? In which case you say no. Or you try, you save, and then you say yes, and you die, and then you say no. Yeah.
1: Um, or if you're really hard-nosed, you save, and you go back five or six times trying all kinds of the later, things. In one of the later Gold Box games, you walk
0: into a room, and there's literally, I think there was something like a convocation where a whole bunch of Beholders, Liches, and something else, some other horrible things were having a meeting. They were just having like <laughs> a little chill party. It might have been Mind Flayers, I don't even know. There was just there's a whole bunch of Underdark nastiness all in this room, they are like, yeah, there's, like, this this powwow. There's a convention going on. Make some noise or run away. <laughs> and, like, the correct answer is zero away. They actually had... You could actually get in that fight. It was not possible for any of your guys to take a turn before they were all dead. But you could totally get in that fight. But, barring that, like, outside of that room, everyone's been trained to, like, just kill everything. Everyone's been trained that anything is killable. Mm. So, like... In any of these games in D&D, like, one of the things that I used to like to do was, I used to like to, sometimes in a dungeon, there'd be like a you know a bunch of CR-3, uh, third-level characters, be like a CR-8 demon. They could just have a conversation with the demon. They shouldn't fight that demon. And I made it real clear to them that... I mean, I, I made it clear enough that they shouldn't fight it, but there's a whole lot of players that would attack the demon.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah before even you get a chance to... S- Explain that you know this might not be the best idea. Yeah, uh,
0: it's an even kill it. Yeah, um, well that guy's got the wrong number of eyes. Let's fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think part of it, what you were saying is like you were saying fourth edition. You know, yeah, it's designed so that you don't lose, but it's designed so you don't lose. Assuming modern video game inspired level design where everything is within a band of a couple of levels of your level and therefore any fight is potentially Mm winnable if we only had a party of four characters going up against a level 30 monster four characters that weren't all pretty tweaked (laughs) Um, going up and and, with all custom gear because that actually makes a big difference too going up against a level 30 monster with four level 21 characters is probably suicide even in 4th edition Mm. we could have taken it and we would have tried. <laughs> because well, that I, was that kind of campaign. That be, no, that was a campaign in which case all problems are solved by punching. And you, it, because, because it you, was One Piece. Cause it,
2: cause it was, and it, that's
0: how One Piece works. It's, it's shown in anime.
2: Problems no are matter, solved by punching.
0: It's irrelevant how powerful the opponent is. Because you know, because you're the good guys, you have to win. And even if the bad guy kicks your ass, you're not all going to die. You're just going to come back later on in the saga or the arc and kick his ass. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because that's how it happens. <laughs> You'll be beaten within an inch of your life.
2: Yeah, Well, that inch will regrow to at least five inches, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I, don't, I don't know I we're doing right. that to you guys. No, I don't No, think so. you could have, though. <clears throat> we would have trusted you too, Because that's the type of campaign. Well, it was promise. sort of my backup plan with all that. Because I did throw a number of things yeah. at you that were kind of spooky. <laughs> if we know. If we saw them. Could have easily gone
2: wrong. <laughs> we know. And that's one of the things that made it fun, is that there was the possibility of failure.
0: Yes. But not Which, the... pro.
2: But we knew that even if we failed, it wouldn't be the
0: end of the characters that we It wouldn't be the among. end of the story, yeah, that's the thing, and maybe that's the happy media. maybe it's the yeah, they could wipe you out, but that's not the end of the story. Well, I think that the fact of the matter is that there's a different it's a game doing a different job, yeah it's wrong to try and justify these games against each other it's because players want different stuff, yeah, yeah exactly. Avoculus World is a collab- a collaborative storytelling game. Dread or first edition D anD D is a risk management game, a game that d- d- or, uh, well, Dread no, is genre it's
1: simula- simulation. You yeah. you okay, not expect par- to die, and dying can be fun. It's like Paranoia. Yeah, mm. uh, Paranoia. They give you you get six clones because you're going to die some. If you play well and you're good, you might get out of an adventure with two or three clones left. <laughs> I think Blake is right though. I think I think I think yeah, there are other games like first
0: edition D&D and that was a different appeal to the player. This was a challenge and you had to use your wits, right, to solve it or yeah, your character was going to die. <laughs> the point of this the point I'm making though is that these high risk like <laughs> not every problem is a problem that you can solve and if it is or or what was the the thing I said before was um problems that are designed without uh, where the designer doesn't know how to solve them yep where they're just like here's a it's this is not math homework where I know the right answer this is philosophy homework <laughs> 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 where there is no right answer unless there is in which case hooray for you and we'll put you up on a little a little palantine <laughs> you, and we'll, carry you around we'll, we'll, the, the Nobel Prize in role play <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> revise life goals. <laughs> but I mean like yeah yeah exactly like and and you and Haiko both thoroughly enjoy throwing those problems for which I do not know a solution at the players. And I think that's something that you don't get in Apocalypse World because ultimately in one of these games these indie games the tendency not not the absolute but the tendency is the players will either find a solution or make a solution, and ultimately, whatever the players decide to do is a solution. Maybe not the... the you've talked about this before. Even in D&D, you do this, Yanni, mm-hmm. where whatever the players come up with is a solution. It may not oh, yeah. be the best solution. They may have higher DCs.
1: You just pick the best solution from the players and give it a chance to work. Exactly. If they don't fuck everything up with the dice rolls and the yeah. changing their mind midstream. Uh, <laughs> and the and the 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 risk is that the die rolls could go bad and everything could go terribly wrong. Not that we picked the wrong thing to do. that is actually the biggest thing that I like about the whole indie revolution is the failure isn't binary, yeah, uh you know, I love the thrill of yeah, if things go bad, you could die you you might have to make a new character, the whole party might have to make a new character. If there is a party, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe the rogue escapes back to town to hire a new band of adventurers to try and recover the other people's corpses so you can res them stuff. Uh, or maybe he just <laughs> which is totally up. the transition between disc two
0: and disc three of the monsters campaign. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you've you've got you've got that risk, but you've also like in in apocalypse world, yeah, the character the PCs are tough. It is really hard to kill a PC. It doesn't happen often. Uh, It is easier than in 4th edition to kill a PC. But it's a novel uh, simulation.
0: So so you expect some characters to die depending on the way the novel works. It
2: would would suck if the main character just kind of died. And then that was the end of it. If Harry
0: Potter like died in like the eighth book well, or something like that, hold on a second, that'd be it, so it's, lame. It's an ensemble cast. It's closer to Walking Dead or Game of Thrones than it yeah, is to yeah. Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. yeah, and certainly in Game of Thrones, important people die. Yes, but it was hard, and they had to fuck up really badly.
2: <laughs> in Game so, of Thrones, no, they people die all the time.
1: They're not like, main
0: characters. Not yes, p- PCs
1: sometimes multiple times. <laughs>
0: sometimes twice in the same chapter. You're spiking the audio, man.
3: Five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you're right, well, in something like Walking Dead in, in a little in genres that are a little softer in their characters than um, Game of Thrones is an extreme example. In ensemble casts, we do not often kill off important F- characters. Firefly. Not many people. Died yeah, on Firefly. Buffy, not, not many movie. people died. Some people died. Terror. Yeah. Um, spoilers. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for, for Buffy.
3: <laughs> Here, here's the
1: spoilers for Game of Thrones. Everybody
0: dies. Everybody
2: dies.
3: <laughs> Eventually.
0: Um, well, one of them know. won't. Yeah. Unless, the, uh, unless the Winter Whites win. Unless the Walkers win. <laughs> In which case everyone dies. It's possible. Walking yeah. Dead, the TV show, would be real hard for them to kill everybody right now because they don't have any new protagonists. Yeah. Um... But in the comic, maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've got we've got some new protagonists in the Walking Dead comic. We've got Jesus, the man the man and, they call Jesus, and, uh, the King, uh, what's his well, name? King Ezekiel? Yeah. That's and I mean the thing is that that's but that's how Apocalypse Worlds works too because what happens is at some point you players start taking second characters mm-hmm. and maybe they retire character safety maybe a character dies but like. If a character dies, but often before, that player's going to grab a new character. So you're rotating where people aren't interesting anymore. That's typically when they... Where it would be interesting for them to leave the, the story. That's the death that you die a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> for, I'm sorry. Will's making a face at I me know. because Will's the only person to die in Apocalypse World <laughs> in two seasons. <laughs> to be fair, I asked for it. He did? Explicitly. By becoming you- uninteresting. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh. Burn! He there. But, roast beef.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a good argument. So. <laughs>
0: Who can say no to that spaghetti face? <laughs> so, um. So, what's everyone been playing lately? That's a thing.
1: The game where we wish we were playing something Terra Mystica. A board game about terraforming and cults. <laughs> Magical terraforming, mind you uh, I think Terra Mystica would be a really
0: cool Game to discuss If a second person at this table had played it <laughs> the Yeti's always the one to plug something that no one's ever heard of But they're all—they always suddenly like good games Oh no And if I could make it to the store for on Thursday nights I'd totally play it with you Terra, Terra Mystica is far from never been heard of Yes, yeah, Like Everyone who's played it at the store seems to Rather like mm. it, I just haven't I mean, in this room it's one of those Her husbands yeah. played it. Oh yeah. right. Patrick
3: has reported back to me about it. Oh well. Sort of technical detail.
0: So you <laughs> have a you have a you have a marital opinion now?
3: I, I have a marital hearsay opinion about it. An
0: opinion in law, if you will.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. A common law opinion. Um yeah, so Patrick likes it. Patrick really enjoys it. Um,
1: I think he won both of the games he played, which he might <laughs> be coloring his perception. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it
3: does, but that's that's Patrick. Um, he he is... It, most of his... It, it, it's sort of like listening to the rundown for a football game you haven't watched <laughs> to hear him <laughs> talk about... Uh, he gives you a play-by-play. He gives me a play-by-play about, like, and so so-and-so was playing this person and... Their cult had these abilities, but I fenced them in, and there's the ability to connect cities via ships, and that's very important. And. No,
1: yeah, he's not like his head. This yeah. is a building. This is, this is what he did uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, exactly how he beat you <laughs> all. <laughs> exactly.
3: So, yeah, ships. I
1: totally Go uh, for the ships. Totally thought I had the longest city. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, he took it away from me. <laughs> uh, a thing that I will say about Terra Mexico that I know as
0: a retailer is that uh it has all the wooden pieces in it from both settlers of Catan, of Catan <laughs> and Carcassonne
1: and a couple of other things uh, let's go with uh power grid sure um yeah it's got houses in uh I don't even know what they're called they're they're cities in Catan I think they're trading houses maybe in Terra Mystica. Right. Just so, them so in other words, if you
0: lose some or you have the other games, you just have
1: extra pieces? or, or Yeah, sure. yeah, That's a good Th- deal. There's six colors. So, Whoa. settlers, I'm not sure. So you, you get six player Catan. So it's fine. Well, I'm, but I'm not <laughs> sure Catan is in the same color schemes.
0: I know that uh, Catan roads are Terra Mystica bridges. Yes. And in Terra Mystica you get three. And in Catan you get fourteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, watch out for that guy that you're playing Terra Comestica with and also owns Settlers of Catan, make sure he's not slight of handing extra bridges in. <laughs> you know <laughs> I think I could cut him to four. <laughs>
1: if you could build a fourth bridge, I would be pretty surprised. Uh, like they, they have, like you, amass the resources necessary? Yes. Mm. Uh, it is it is similar in Agricola to complexity or Agricola. I'm Any of sure the above. How to pronounce Latin. Uh, it's not actually as complex, but it looks like it is. Just for the taste of it,
3: Agricola. <laughs> I uh,
0: I ran I r- I ran a Dungeon World session with actually a lot of the folks in this room, all the folks in this room, in fact, last uh, on yeah. Sunday, mm. yeah. um, and uh, killed my first player.
3: Yeah.
0: He brought it on himself. Um, the paladin always asks for the extra damage on a ten up. Mm. I was, it was that was weird to me how Happy James was about that actually. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of him. Yeah,
2: it's extra storytelling because just like in D anD d, death isn't permanent.
0: Yeah, but it'll <laughs> cost
2: you something. Like a neat story. Yeah,
0: and <laughs> now we <laughs> have like half a zombie paladin running around in the party, which is going to be a lot of fun. I might have preferred for him to stay as a ghost. I, I, yeah, I was actually. I, if yeah. we had let him do stuff as a ghost, do we need like a ghost playbook? I thought about it for a while, but then I thought, like, I don't want... This is his first time playing the game that I've been in. I didn't want to scare him off by making him into an ineffectual, like... Ghost that could just sit around and taunt people. Although that sort of seems like everything he wants. <laughs> well, you could dump your emotional baggage on them, and he can get XP. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we'll have to see. Well, um, I'm also, to, um, also um, your, your husband seemed work. interested mm. in trying out his resurrection spell. So I wasn't yes. going to stop him from yes. doing that. Yes. Mm. He
3: was very excited about
0: and it. And still, it still provides some plot there. But the interesting thing was, I tried a thing in the last few episodes, which was setting up a Shonen anime-style, One Piece-style, like... Destined battles. Big bad with, like, lieutenants that were all matched up against different uh, players. And it worked out surprisingly well. I think, Blake, your response was that was a thousand times better than I expected it to be. (laughs) That sounds like me. I did have have his half-orc barbarian, um... Did I write... Fighting a fire giant one-on-one. Did I perhaps preface it with... Don't uh, take... No offense, but... (laughs) Well Blake, unfortunately no, no, saying I think, no like, offense
2: doesn't actually make that but, like, no, <laughs> no, but like, It, mean, it, it, it allows you to
0: start emotionally preparing yourself for the offensive <laughs> made, statement that is incoming <laughs> you, made it no, you made it abundantly clear that you well, thought there was absolutely no sane way that your character could go toe-to-toe with a fire giant and you said this is going to be terrible You told me this and I, I, I didn't said, say this is going to be terrible You said you suspected it was going to be terrible or something that effectively translates to the same phrase and I said trust the GM and you did and it worked out eh, That's fair I so. trusted you. Trust yes, which is a poor choice for you. No, it's fine Grat because I always have my tongue to lick stuff. Rat got his hands on some goblin jerky, so it all worked out. Well. And magic, self throttling tongs, yeah. which I hope is your new weapon of choice. Not so much choice. I was going for the axe, but you know, you blew the roll. I'll take what I get. Now you have tongs. Rack is a barbarian. He hits things with things. The, the beauty of the dungeon world damage system is you don't even have to have a weapon. I do D12 damage with my ass <laughs> if I want to. Although you have to justify how hitting someone with your ass is hack and slash. That's actually the trick. No, so it's not anything about hitting. This is a range attack. <laughs> That's a volley then. <laughs> But yes. No, actually, that's... And actually, that's one of those things that actually is a big jump for people playing Dungeon World is, normally in D&D, it's like, if you have a weapon, you can walk up to somebody and be like, I'm going to roll it to hit. In Dungeon World, you can walk up to somebody and be like, I'm going to attack this guy. I'm like, really, how? Oh, I'm going to punch him. He's an iron golem. He is literally made of armor. You're going to punch him. It's just, yeah. Oh, wait, well, you can punch him, but that's not hack and slash. You might hurt your fist. The difficulty is not the AC of the monster. The difficulty is, in Dungeon World, is figuring out how to hurt the monster right <laughs> all bosses that are, that are sort of interesting are puzzle bosses in, in a sense
2: and, and Grackett is to a degree as I understand him a clever barbarian
0: no he's not supposed to be that's me like doing it wrong It's not doing it wrong I love that he's clever yeah <laughs> but he's not supposed to be but like, he'd be boring if he was I have a low int. he'd be boring that's a thing that I always actually. That's a good. That's an excellent uh, point of discussion that uh, we could talk about from a philo- philosophical perspective. Yeah, actually, let's do is, that. Is uh, one of the things in um, that I've grappled with as a DM and as a player for my entire role playing game career has been the uh, interface between a character's mental stats and the mental stats of the player behind it. I've had a good number of DMs that when if you want to bluff, if you want to lie, they make you come up with the lie. You personally. You personally come up with the lie and then judge you on how good a lie it is, whether or not you, you know, your character should be a better liar than you. I feel like that's a wrong way to do it. However, I understand... how The flip side of this is characters like Grack, who, you know, I'm known to play barbarians and I am not a dim-witted person in real life. And I'm not going to be able to have fun playing a dim-witted person in the game. But... From a mechanical perspective, the barbarian's not useful, so I. Or the barbarian's intelligence, I should say, is not useful. So I. Uh, I, I, I find myself playing barbarians as clever, you know, a cleverness well, there's, approaching there's, my there's own.
1: There's uh, accidentally clever. You, you dumb into the luck you need. Or there's. Uh, or canny versus
0: book smart because
2: sure because he's got plus 1 to whiz does he not he does so he's
1: a wise but not necessarily well learned person like a barbarian should be you know he might c- not be able to do math but he can put two and two together when everybody has swords and there's four swords and that's bad news <laughs> <laughs> you can do math sword based math <laughs>
3: that's right, right.
0: and i've been trying to find ways to play him as interesting and and like entertain myself and the other players Without doing anything that seems out of line for a guy that is, you know, borderline retarded. What's this int?
1: A... That's not borderline retarded. Yeah. That's dumb, oh, but not borderline that's retarded. That's minus one. Okay. Yeah. I've always... It's like somebody... I, that's your average McDonald's worker. I've... Um, a, I, okay. Hmm.
0: Yeah, a whole lot of people make a perfectly good living. Better than McDonald's, better than McDonald's hourly employee with an int. hmm Okay, well. Yeah, I mean, it's. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, I knew a guy, I was, had a very close friend, in fact, in high school, who, uh, when, you know, we were the same age, and we got IQ tests in, in second grade. And his, uh, IQ test came up 78. Which is, I think. I think 70 is considered. In Forrest Gump, it was 70. Yeah, in Forrest Gump, it was 70. So the point is, he was, you know, whereas uh his brother and i both came up at in the 140s so we were arguably approaching twice as smart as him um you know now obviously you know the iq system doesn't work like Plus, that but I hate the iq system well but but let's put it but this the, way too. The, the, the point is we didn't feel like we were a whole lot smarter than him he didn't seem like a dumb person you know what i mean like uh, there were some situations i can remember a, one, once or twice in our you know decades of friendship that a situation came up and like, it took him a second to grok what was happening, but m- it wasn't like he talked slow. Yeah. So, you know. He may not know known a whole lot of big words, but right. you'd have a conversation like anyone else. But, I mean, like, a lot of that stuff, like a lot of your social intelligence really falls under charisma. A lot of your canniness and situational awareness and ability to react falls under wisdom anyway in D&D. So that's one argument you can make. The other argument you can make is really retarded, like, like profoundly retarded is int three, not int eight, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so maybe. you're still yeah. way far away from that. And I think int, int eight intelligence as a
2: general stat probably represents your ability to go through books in D anD D in the D
0: mm-hmm. anD D world and reading languages things. and learning spells and stuff. When you right. think about it, right? Well, fair enough. And learning a very complex task or trade, right? Um, the point is though that I don't like you know if I if I run a character who's got a higher int than I do. I want to be able to not have to think of the solution but, you know, make a role to represent my character's yeah. intelligence. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be a hypocrite and then turn around and have a character with low int who then benefits from my real-world intelligence, because theoretically that low int is, is, is a price being paid for being good at something else. And I think at that point you leave it to the DM to say, that's that's cute, Blake, but make an int check. Right. You know, defy danger with int, you know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and right. What? I don't think I have ever had a DM... Condescend to me like that, <laughs> DMs. I'll have to try it sometime. DMs, uh, you know, I have a I have a uh, God. Yeah. a acidic and uh, basic thermal person exothermic personality. Uh, DMs are a it's container that I lasers. D- that you DMs deserve. are a container that holds me for as long as they stay in one piece. <laughs> no jokes from you. Will. i am pointing at? With my finger in an accusatory tone. What? Yes, you. <laughs> I'm harmed. Uh, but, but. Not what? as harmed as you will be if you prove me right, as I but will But again, I've be. never. I've never been bothered by that for the same. for that re- exact reason, because the, the, the DM can always have me make a stat check. They always have me make an in check for something, or a whiz check for something, or a charisma check for something, or a bluff, or whatever. Right. Like, um. I sort of like that That so this is actually I, and correct me if I'm wrong this is the an OSR thing Is it's like your ability to negotiate is your ability as a player to negotiate sure. occasionally you'll have to make your charisma or an int check or a whiz
1: check Well, and, and modifying that with your your stat can be a big deal mm-hmm. like you have situational entertainment and mechanical modifiers on everything you do <laughs> um, if it's if it's entertaining and awesome that's points towards it if you've Min maxed your character and twinked everything out, that's points towards it happening. If you've given me a good excuse by your role playing, that's points towards it happening. If you can get all three and then you roll a 20, it happens. Now,
0: so, but, it maybe, but that's the thing is, like, you come up with a plan, and as a player, it's a great plan. You know, Jim says, make an in check. If, if, on a success, it's a good plan. On a failure, it's a terrible plan. Why did you think that was
1: going to work? Why did you think that was going to work?
0: (laughs) But I think it's important that there's a
2: bottom to this. Because, just like anything else, uh, it's not fun to play a character who's too stupid to breathe. For example, Fallout. The original Fallout and Fallout 2 games are role-playing games where you can set your int to 1 out of 10. Mm. When you set your int to 1 out of 10, NPCs shun you. You can play only the main (laughs) storyline... And they will condescend to you the entire game. People suggest to do it once.
0: Just to see. (laughs) Just Just to see. see. It is not fun. Yeah. So, I mean, just as a contrast to that, I don't often... um, You know, I have this thing of I decide who my character is, and then I pick their stats. And especially in a game like D&D, where to play a certain class, you have to have certain stats. You just have to. And, like, you're limited to what you can pick because you have so many points to buy or so many dice to roll. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at Amy. Amy's second highest stat is wisdom. by only a point or two. And Amy. Right. Yeah. So Amy Amy doesn't think at all before doing anything. She just right. shoots things because that's that's her character. And like pretty the smarts, smarts. But no, it wasn't necessary to make those kinds of things work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's got wisdom in the sense that she can tell how far it is between two objects <laughs> that are <laughs> 100 yards away. Yes. <laughs> She's got perceptual wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, she has good spatial skills. A thing they all, you know, a thing that they only rolled into wisdom in D anD. d Because it didn't do enough work.
1: Why not? Though you know that said, when we played D anD. d back in the day, you rolled your dice, and you got your six stats, and the first thing you rolled was your strength. You, you didn't, you didn't, get, to spl- you didn't you get to splice them out. You didn't swap them around. No, and then you had to so, pick a class based on that. You picked a class based, so... You're that, born, and then you train. Yes. And then you um, die, probably. And, but, but that meant that, you know, oh, it looks like today, maybe I can make a cool rogue with this stat line, and, uh, you know, if I don't really want to play a rogue, then maybe I'll just take some risky things and I'll get them killed. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> and then know? if
0: you rolled all all trash stats, you mean bocce, Mick can't find his ass with both hands in Heimer. Yeah, well.
1: You know, but I, I, I sort of. I so mean, there was, there was, you wouldn't have to labor under that for long. Sometimes there, your DM would let you re roll if it was really bad. There are. there. Oh,
0: shoot. Is it Traveler or Rifts where you can die in character creation? It, there's a plus. There's <laughs> a, there's a, there's it's, it's Traveler, it's not Traveler? Okay. Yeah, there's, there's evidently, I haven't played either of these games, but there's evidently an old school RPG where you can die during character creation. Um, like, as part of your
1: backstory, yep. it's like, <laughs> and <if laughs> I die! <laughs> die. <laughs> yep. Morgan Freeman, stand and fall. Well, can't you, can't you theoretically die in Burning <laughs> Wheels character Morgan. creation, but there's rules for, like, if this would kill you, you go back a step and do something different? Well, I think only for orcs. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of those, like, yeah, you, you no longer can take more life paths because you would have been killed had you taken another one. Yeah. Although you can end up, like, legless and eyeless as an orc. Um, yeah. But I think that's part of the flavor of orcs <laughs> in, in yeah. Burning or- Wheel. Or. People orc. tend to not play orcs in Burning Wheel. I want to play some Burning Wheel. That's beside the point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean... So, I sort of say take your stats with a grain of salt. I mean... Uh, if, if nobody's going to be asking Grak to solve any sort of like to play chess, you know right, or to, to
2: <laughs> well, read he, books
0: even. You know what, he, do he'd do it the same way
2: uh, Alexander the Great did when Alexander the Great wanted to prove how smart he was he went over to the Gordian Knot and was like hey guys, I'm so fucking smart I'll solve this Gordian Knot and the guys who were keeping her like, no way Alexander you're not smart enough to untie this knot he says, sure I am he takes out his sword and he cuts it in half <laughs> before failing for about two hours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they
2: tend to take that out of the story. And he says, see, I've untied your knot. See how wise and intelligent I am and how I didn't do this in frustration, you fucking assholes? Why would this even be... Who made this? Well, <laughs> well Did a beard. giant cat make this? I don't get it.
0: That's why you conquer the world, so that you can uh, <laughs> write the history book and <laughs> make yourself awesome. And, uh,
2: that's how Grack would play chess. Somebody challenges but own... it wouldn't take him two hours to of forward to I Grack, take back. your king. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this chessboard does D12 damage. Boom. Yeah. No, it would have been. It would have been like Bugs Bunny. He'd yeah, been like, "Okay, so how you play this game? Well, the goal of the game is to take the enemy's king. That that one. Yeah. Do I win? No. no you, you have to take it with another piece. Oh, that harder. get two pawns. Yeah. Picks up, picks up. No, you don't use the pawns. You use the rooks because they have little claws on the end and be like. Now Greg Win This easy game. <laughs> Greg always hear <your> chess complicated <laughs> Which is which is a great way to role play On <laughs> a barbarian. You would also get an key for that since you're a bucking the conventions of society. Lack of uh, The important thing is the articles. Lose them articles. <laughs>
1: uh, I was reading some discussion on the Dungeon World Tavern on G, and it sounded like if anybody got their alignment goal, then the entire party got 1 XP. But if two people got their alignment goal, I mean, the, I, party got, you know, the entire party got 1 XP. I was, um,
0: here's the thing I was, um, I was listening to an AP by, uh, Walking Eye. They're redoing their, their AP. Um, and I I seriously miss Jen's old character uh, if anyone has listened to The Walking Eyes, old AP of of Dungeon World Um, but um, they did a similar thing where there was something where everyone got XP for people hitting party goals or alignment goals I may be reading that wrong and I need to go back, I remember that particular set of rules in the book being unclear or I was confused by them, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say unclear, I personally did not have the intelligence, I failed my in check um, I rolled a I rolled a I rolled a six on that one, so I'm going to go back and look at that. And it's possible that there may be additional ways that that buys XP for the player or for the the party. I almost sort of think like like in, like in Lady Blackbird, every time you hit your key, you should get XP for it, as opposed to just at the end of the session, did you hit it or not? Because I think that makes for a little more compelling. Or have all the alignment keys available. At every at any given time, so if you do any of these things, you get XP for it. Like I, I, sort of feel like just having the one at the end of the session is. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm not it's, it's, particularly yeah.
1: worried about it. I just. Um, I've
0: always, I guess, I guess I just sort of assumed that failing roles was the main generator of XP and not hitting keys. Well, like
1: someone was saying in the discussion, how like you could get <clears throat> up to five XP uh, more if you resolved multiple bonds.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: like yeah, every bond you resolve is an XP as well. Right, but well you've got bond, you've got alignment, and then I don't remember the other stuff it was talking about. I'll, I'll take a look. I didn't Like I didn't really said, know. I might be
0: missing out on it, and I apologize if I am, but I, I sort of feel like, I don't feel like anybody is particularly like, oh my god, I'm not leveling up fast enough yeah, well, in this game. Yeah. I, I don't think leveling up is a necessary mechanic for this game. Yeah. Uh, also, I feel like we level up actually pretty quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you guys are rolling a lot, so. Mm. Man, we're failing a lot. Too. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. So. This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I Podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.